Hey everybody, it's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder, and creator of the Cinema Draft game. I'm trying to form complete sentences because after lock tonight, uh, it actually is, technically it is almost two in the morning, late Thursday night, aka Friday morning, uh, Pacific time, but after lock tonight, I went to go see the Fate of the Furious, the eighth installment in the Fast franchise, and I am just able to form coherent sentences. I, I would pour a little liquor out, but everything's electronic around here. I would pour a little out for your boy, fam of the pod, Jay Devlin. He wished he could be here to discuss this, because he also, in a different location, went to go see Fate of the Furious. He has, as he says, a million thoughts on it. We shall be having him on the the recap pod either late Monday night or early Tuesday morning, but I am full of Nas. I'm pressing my button. We are going all the way and I need to discuss this movie. If I can somehow find the entry point, there's so much to talk about this movie not even giving away any spoilers or anything. Just, just how I felt watching this movie. First of all, of course, I saw it in my beloved D-Box, and I highly recommend if you live anywhere near a D-Box uh, theater, especially in a metropolitan area, make the drive. It is worth it. It is for movies like this, the fate and the furious that it that D-Box was invented. That shit was like it was it was like a, a ride at Universal Studios. I mean, your seat's going this way and that way, and there's subs coming out of the ice, and there's like street races and crashes, and I mean, they blew shit up. I mean, how much did this movie cost? Let me, let me see if I can check uh, box office mojo real quick. See if there is if there is an actual uh, if there's if there's an actual uh, budget on this thing because this sucker. I mean, the money's all out there on the screen. My God, it is just ridiculous. Two, there it is. A quarter billion with a B dollars, two hundred and fifty million dollars up on, and it's all up on the screen. Damn, it. I mean they they blow everything the hell up. I'm sure there's some CGI in there and stuff, and it wasn't like overly obvious what was CGI. I mean they they as I heard on a podcast earlier this week with uh, Neil Moritz, the producer for the entire series, um, he uh, he said they like to use practical effects you know, wherever they can, which is, you know, non-CGI. And my God, I mean, it's, I would, I'd be, I'm, I'm almost out of breath because it was snatched away from me for two hours and 16 minutes and then mercifully given back to me at the end. And I still am trying to, to get it back. This shit was, I, I mean, it, so I think I think these days fan service gets a bad rap. Fan service is almost like derogatory term to denote when a movie gives you the fan everything that you want or or things that you want. They say, "Oh, that movie's fan servicey." This might be the most fan servicey movie ever because it promised to be fast, it promised to be furious, and it delivered on both not somehow and I, I tweeted my little you know uh, quick tweet review that somehow in the in its eighth installment the fast franchise has somehow gotten faster and furiouser oh my god i had a fucking ball 
it I mean it, it was it was amazing and, I, and I'm sure I think it was I think Rotten Tomatoes is giving it was like a 65% fuck Rotten Tomatoes fuck the critics and yeah I was and look I'm still a critic at heart too I love movies I had you know an off and on again movie review column for the better part of, of 10 years and I definitely go into critic mode but I appreciate things for what they are this shit isn't beloved it isn't you know it, i mean it, it's it's not you know the dark knight or some brooding blockbuster it is exactly what it's always promised to be it is ridiculous it is stunts galore it keeps finding ways to top itself i have no idea what the hell they're gonna do for number nine i mean they did kind of set it up oh thanks for barking dog next door uh, they did kind of set it up a little bit. I mean, they said that it's set up for a trilogy, and eh, that might be stretching it, but they did leave a door open for unfinished business, put it that way. But my God, this thing had everything. I mean, every, I mean, everything you'd want in a Fast and Furious movie. Maybe, maybe not as much sex you would, you know, want to see or sex appeal, but it was really about the cars and the explosions and the, and to, to quote Tedge, aka Ludacris, we got a tank. They got tanks. They got subs. There's the threat of nuclear devices. There's all sorts of chicanery going on in this movie. Charlize Theron is an excellent villain. She was sexy and cold and 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 oh, she. I mean, she was she was a really good villain. Like I was, I wouldn't say I was afraid of her per se or scared of her, but she had menace in her heart, and that's all I really. And, and she was cool about it. She was cool. She was slick with hers. That's pretty much all I want out of my villain. Just be, just have, just have malice aforethought, and you know, be and be slick with it. And I'm, and we're good to go. It was good to go. I mean, she, there was, there was just the hint, just the, just the. The, a sousson of scene of scene chewery. but otherwise, I mean, it was she had a ball. I had a ball. It was great. I mean, The Rock is is a living, breathing superhero. He's just like indestructible. It's it's fucking crazy. And we got more. We got more Jason Statham than I thought we would. And I really enjoyed that. He his character has some interesting twists and turns in this movie that that are really fun for people who love the franchise. Now I'm not like diehard like they they brought some people back that I totally forgot about in the franchise. I mean this is the, this is the eighth freaking installment, right? But let me tell you that I mean I I mean as far as just for the general like you know the, the the ethos of the franchise. I mean this was was exemplary. This is probably one of the top 3 Top three or top four in the in the franchise. The one the one quibble I have about it. I mean the the title's stupid. The fate of the furious. Just call it F eight. All right. Let's call it F eight. We know it's eighth installment. We know they're all fast. I think the original title was going to be you know F eight. I don't know why they didn't go with that. That would have been fine. It's a nice shorthand. On on Twitter it's trending of course because the shit is lit. Um, it's trending as fast eight. You can even call it that for crying out. Fate of the Furious is kind of stupid. It makes some sort of little weird, you know, dialogue connection in the beginning, which is still also kind of bullshit. But otherwise, other than the stupid, the stupid title, I was all the way here for it. And and this it kind of brings me back to my screenwriting days. For those of you who didn't know, for the better part of of uh, uh, five or six years, I worked in the fringes of Hollywood. And for the better part of three of those years, I was part of a writing team with. You know, friend of the pod, G Nice, and we'd go and take these meetings, these generals or whatever, where they kind of bring you in, ask you, "What are you working on? You know, what, what ideas do you have and stuff?" And 
Every day before we get to writing, we would have this thing called the daily pitch. And for the most part, we were pitching like, you know, rom-coms or comedies, whatever, because we were being packaged as, uh, as like a comedic writing team. I'm not funny. I don't have jokes, but you know, I, you know, I, I'm kind of witty, and you know, and situationally, you know, we had, I had some comedy, and and you know, great, uh, G Nice brought the jokes and all that good stuff. But um, anytime we we delve into action, and sometimes I'd go on my own because I love action films, I love action movies, I love blowing shit up, and so I'd write the occasional action script, or whatever. And there'd be so many times where I'd have to like reel it back in. I just have to dial it down because that's just totally unbelievable. No one would ever believe it. This would cost a bajillion dollars. No one's gonna buy a spec script with you know this scene, for, you know, you know, blowing everything up and buildings collapsing and floating in from space. I mean, no one would ever greenlight a script from an unknown writer or writers with all this craziness going on. For every this movie is for all you writers who said this shit's impossible. This shit costs too much. And they will never film this shit because it is too unbelievable. The fate of the furious is for you because it is fucking ridiculous. My God, I mean, it, 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 I, I'm almost at a loss for words now. They keep not only do they keep topping themselves, but every ridiculous idea you've ever had, they've done. All right, they, so 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 dare to dream, writers. You know, Hollywood writers, WBWs out there. You know, just. W's out there. I mean, all you writers out there, dare to dream, damn it, because they are officially blowing shit up in in Hollywood. And and if you want to, if you really want to to get creative with it, see if you can worm your way onto the next Fast and the Furious movie. Because my God, it is going down, uh, and across the world too. They had some really nice locations, you know, Cuba. You know, I mean, they're. I mean. You could easily see how they spent a quarter billion dollars. This sucker's gonna make. This sucker's. Gonna make, I, I mean, I, I think worldwide, it's probably gonna do about maybe 1.2, 1.2 billion. So they, you know, a five x multiple on their budget, they'll be fine. You know, no one's no one's going broke about this movie. Eighty two percent audience scoring, climbing right now. I mean, on Rotten Tomatoes, it's fucking fantabulous. I'll be very surprised if it gets anything less than an A or even an A plus from Cinema Score Friday night. Woo! Okay, let's go to screen share and and get it cracking with some of these uh with some of these call sheets. I, I just had to get that off my chest, y'all. I'm sorry. I'm I'm jacked. I'm I'm I've just got I've got a tank full of Nas, but just pressing the button. I'm just going down a quarter mile at a time right now. Ooh, yeah, this is why we go to the movies right here. Fate the Furious, way to kick off the informal summer season. It gets earlier every freaking year. Okay, so. Okay, so we are here in the feature presentation. Pardon me. All right, um, and let's take a look at some call sheets. You know what? Screw. It. We'll, we'll start with mine. Why not? It's my show. Damn it. No, Jay Devlin here to keep me on track. And and you know, I'll be very interested to see what Jay Devlin has to say about this come uh, uh, Tuesday because I know he also is probably jacked about this. Um, I mean, lot, there, there's so much to, to, to talk about with this movie. I, I really, truly enjoyed it. Here we go. Cinema Draft Swag. This is my call sheet, and I'll tell you my thinking behind it. Okay, so Fate of the Furious, obviously. I mean, any serious call sheet is going to have a headliner from the Fate of the Furious, and you're going to have to figure out how to spend the rest of your 65000 on your call sheet. Now, I figure... So I kind of went – I tried to, to double up on Beauty and the Beast. There really was no point in it. You might as well get one headliner from Boss Baby and one headliner from Beauty and the Beast each. And then you have to kind of punt the rest of your call sheet if you want to squeeze in, get out, which 
I think could be, you know, the still the highest grossing limited release this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's looking good for it. So by squeezing in Get Out, that might be the differentiator I'm looking for. Um, Colossal, I think a lot of people will be going in on Colossal because Colossal, strangely enough, expanded to 100 screens, which isn't a ton. But look at the per screen average that uh, it had last weekend. Look at, uh, I mean, it's only on four screens, so of course, you know, take that with a grain of salt, um, you know, limited supply and demand or whatever, but I mean, it had 30,000 per screen on four screens. People are very interested in this movie. Fun fact, Colossal is made by Neon Studios, and they are actually a crowdfunded studio. So basically, like, I think, I think something like, was it 1,500 uh, people put up at least $100 each on a platform called WeFunder, which, you know, to for full transparency, we're actually looking into joining to help crowdfund this business. You, too, could possibly own a piece of CinemaDraft. Stay tuned. But uh, Colossal is one is one of the first films out of Neon Studios. It's totally kind of fan-funded, you know, funded, um, per se. And they got, you know, I think they, I think they raised about, what did they raise about like five hundred thousand something like that? No, no, I, no, I think they raised like like uh, over a million, uh, over a million dollars. They kind of put out like these, these these tiny little budget movies, and look at it, it's got you know a great first weekend for it. So thirty thousand is pretty damn extreme. I mean, really extreme. I mean, if let's say it loses two thirds, let's say it just goes down to ten thousand per screen, which I still think so. Let's just say it's going down to eight thousand per screen times a hundred screens. You're looking at eight hundred thousand for eight points in the platform release at one point per 100,000. So I don't know. I think Colossal might be a pretty safe bet. I had no idea it was going to expand to 100 screens. I really had no idea. I thought it might do 25. 100 screens is actually pretty damn good for it. So if it, so if it loses essentially, you know, if it loses essentially 70, you know, plus percent of its box, of its per screen average, it's still going to get you eight points. And then actually with the headliner bonus, Eleven point two points, most likely. So, so I think betting on Colossal here was the move. And I just want to, you know, hat tip to Jay Devlin because it was kind of in my radar when we were talking about it once again in the group chat. Get like you know, we were all about that group chat. Uh, once we were talking about it some more in the group chat, I was down. I started, I did a little more, you know, research into it, and yeah, absolutely, it's you know, uh, I think Colossal is going to be a good look, and it's you know, it's damn near min price, so. So that, that's my strategy this weekend. I think that's a top five call sheet. I'm feeling more and more confident the more I think about this call sheet. Speaking of Jay Devlin, let's take a look at his call sheet real quick um, and critique it behind his back. He, oh, interesting. Okay, so he also has The Fate of the Furious, obviously. And, and, and once again, unless someone does not have a headliner from The Fate of the Furious, we'll just assume they have The Fate of the Furious on the call sheet. He has a headliner stack of Gifted, which also might be a good play. I like Gifted. I actually think I might see it this weekend. Uh, might see if my my friend Jeannie Beanie wants to go to the movies this weekend. Well, um, she's talking about going to see Gifted. I'm intrigued. It's been a while since we've seen a movie. Um, and he has a headline from The Boss Baby. This is a very solid call sheet. I've got no quibbles or qualms. He ha actually has like a one, two, three. He has a six-pack of Colossal with the headliner stack of Jason Sudeikis and Anne Hathaway. And you know what? That might do it, really. I mean, this is this is a very solid call sheet. Uh, it feels very top five-y. Depends on how well Gifted's going to do. And the only reason why I say that is that Gifted did well last weekend. But we're in one of these situations where, yeah, look at that. Set, almost 8,000 per screen average. Now, the only issue here is that when it expands to 11, to, what was it, like 
like 1,100 screens, 1,000 screens, something like that. I mean, you're not going to see 8,000 per screen. You'd like to see five. Most likely, you're going to see four. So let's say it does 4,000 per screen times – actually, let me, let's get these screens right. Actually, we actually have this uh, per screen. And it does, and it's on 1146 times 1146 screens. Okay, 4.58 million, which essentially, oh, which is, okay, that's pretty, which is essentially 9.17 points. So times the headliner bonus. So, yeah, so that, that's really solid. So 12.8, you know, ish, 12.84, possibly, uh, Cinema draft points. I mean, that's that's actually a really good look. I like that headliner stack of gifted, and he has proper exposure to colossal. Oh man, uh, I don't know. I, I it's my move with getting a headliner from Boss Baby and getting a headliner from from uh, from Beauty and the Beast, which are projected quite honestly to be pretty tightly packed. Oh, is this last weekend's? This is oh, this is last weekend. Let's go see this weekend's. Uh, uh, they're projected to be pretty closely tied. Yeah, so, you know, uh, and this 118 is too low for Fate of the Fears. My God, this thing's going to print money. I I mean, actually, let's, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I need to go into a quick cultural cul-de-sac. Uh, it's actually kind of on topic. Deadline Hollywood. What are they talking about from uh, – oh, Jay Farrow, fired from SNL. Okay, GG, sir. So look at this. So 9 to 11 million Thursday night. That is – Outrageous. 19.7 million abroad, 44 million in advanced ticket sales in China. This actually was a co-production with a Chinese film company. So their Hollywood's is on that again. Hopefully Trump doesn't mess it all up for everyone. Um, yeah, so oh my goodness. Um 15.8 million. Oh okay. So in comparison to Furious 7. Which had 15.8 million on a Thursday around April, also I think two or three years ago. Uh, it's in line for well, they 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 set an Easter opening record of 147.1 million. So I would not. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, so they say it's the early tracking says that it's headed for 100 to 110 million domestic opening. It'll easily. You know, oh, this was okay. So I was kind of wondering who the director was. Like, why was this movie so freaking furious? And it's because F. Gary Gray, I mean, dude. You know, he did. Um, I believe he did the, the the second one, the one in Miami. Or was that Singleton? He did. He did another one of these movies. He did one. Uh, he did one like maybe it was four or five. But he's done a, fa uh, a Fast and the Furious movie before. And I guess uh, they say it will definitely easily mark the best opening for an African American director, whatever. Um, and, and also, fun fact: the two two leads in this movie, uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Vin Diesel, born Mark Vincent to. African-Americans, that's right. The Rock is half black, half Samoan, and Vin Diesel's half black, half white. Of course, it doesn't matter in this day and age per se, but fun fact that this movie is going to shatter all kinds of records for black people if we want to come and claim it. Look at this. Release dates for Fast and Furious 9 and 10 set. Good God. It is, it is on like Donkey Kong. I can't wait. So Fast and Furious 9 will open... Uh, 2019 of Fast and Furious 10 will open April 2nd, 2021. So, 
All right, I just got to make it for the, through the next six years, whatever, so I can see all these damn movies. I'm here for it. Next four years, I'm here for it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Okay, so yes, that was a little bit of a cultural cul-de-sac. Um, I don't know. So it sounds like it, – it seems like from the, from the tone of this article, it's tracking fine. It's going to do over 100, 110 million. Uh, it might – it'll probably do 120, 130, but I just think this word of mouth, man. I mean, everyone at my theater just loved it. We were locked in for the most part. And, oh, and by the way, North Las Vegas, get your shit together. What the fuck? A 10.30 p.m. Thursday night showing that had, I mean, at least a third of the audience, and I shit you not, and some of them in D-Box seats, too, a third of the audience were, were preteen kids. Like, now, look, I don't have any kids. I'm barely, you know, Uncle Ed to G-Nice's kids, some other people, Law, my boy Law's kids, whatever. My God, who, what kind of parenting? I mean, as, keep in mind, grain of salt, I don't have kids. What kind of parenting takes kids who are 10 and under, under 10, to see a movie with this much violence and explosions and death and murder and mayhem. I don't care if it's PG-13, because we know the, N the MPA is totally messed up when it comes to the rating system. For a great documentary, go see um, this film has not yet been rated, which is a documentary on how fucked up the MPAA rating system is. It's totally messed up. You, they, will, they will grade harder for any kind of sexuality, whatever, over violence. It's stupid. It's dumb. I don't get it. Anyways, uh, but this, I mean, explosions go all over, all over the place. People dying left and right. Bulls getting capped. I mean, babies in danger. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. So I don't know. I mean, get, get your lives together, North Las Vegas. You know, get your kids out the damn multiplex, especially that late at night. So especially for a movie like that. And I get it. It's about family. There are, seem to be several families there. You know, um, uh, multilingual, multicultural. I mean, you know, this movie is there for everybody. Very mixed crowd. But my God, get your babies out them seats. Let them wait till it's on. You know. Uh, Wait, 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 wait a few years to so watch it. Direct, I mean, maybe twelve or thirteen, you can probably, you know, start watching. But at like eight or nine, seven, there's at least like a couple, like like six and seven year olds. Go to bed. What the hell? I don't know. Anyways, I'm off my little soapbox. I'm, I'm, I'm ranting and I'm, 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 I'm spinning out of control here. I'm, I'm, I'm doing donuts right now. <laughs> jacked up, jacked up. All right. So yes, yeah, very good call, CJ Devlin. Uh, definitely looks very top five-ish. We will see you up and out there. Let's take a look at Michael Volante. Let's see, take a look at his call sheet. Uh, I, a, a previous uh, winner of the feature presentation. And let's see, he also has, okay, interesting. So he's got a headliner from The Boss Baby, headliner from Gifted. He's got the headliner stack from The Case for Christ. Looking for that Easter bump. Go ahead, Michael Volante. And he's got a four-pack of Colossal with the headliner stack. And then he's got a headliner from Your Name. This is a very interesting call sheet. Uh, it's definitely got potential. Uh, of course, it really hinges on The Case for Christ. I think Gifted's going to do just fine. We did the math on Gifted. I think that will do just fine. Uh, Colossal, I think, will do very well as well. Your name is, I wouldn't say it's such a wild card. I mean, your name actually did do, uh, you know, on 311 screens, it did do, you know, 5K per screen. Uh, we didn't get any real box office information on your name. I doubt it would be shedding too many screens after its first weekend. So let's say, even if it does about 3,000 per screen, you know, um, eh, yeah, let's, let's say 2,500 per screen. That's more realistic drop per se. Uh, on 311 screens, 
you're still looking at 777,000, which is, you know, baller. I mean, it, it pulled off 1.8 million on 311 screens. That's bananas. So, you know, so that, 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 so your name is still a good look. I like, I like that. Um, yeah, so I think the the wild card is the case for Christ. Expanded screens in anticipation of Easter, uh, and per screen, it did okay, thirty three eighty. So I don't know. This this is kind of a hard one to call. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna drop down to about two thousand per screen. It does two thousand per screen on how many screens is it on now? It is on. Ooh, it's got to be a quick way to find this. Uh, 1386, 1386 screens. I'm looking at 2.77. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. Maybe it'll do better. It might perform. If it holds steady at 3,000 per screen, then it's probably a different story. Then you're looking at uh, over 4 million, uh, 4.116 million which is based on essentially over eight cinema draft points. Um, it's got potential, but uh, I don't, I, I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not, it's not the worst pick. It's, it's definitely is a top 10 call sheet. Top five remains to be seen, but I like the strategy a little bit out of the box from the call sheets you've already seen. Good job, Michael Volante. And let's welcome newcomer, Bethany Volante. Not quite sure the relation, not sure if that's his wife or his daughter or his sister, but welcome Bethany Volante to the party. And this newcomer, okay. So she has a she has a headliner stack of gifted. And she has a four-pack. She's all in on the case for Christ. She's got a four-pack of the case for Christ including the headliner stack of Mike Vogel and Erica Christensen. She has a headliner stack from Colossal. Oh, sorry. And then she has a headliner from Your Name. This is, this is a very solid call sheet. Definitely a top 10 call sheet, I believe. Uh, looking good, Bethany. Welcome to the party. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully you'll be top eight and make some money. Or actually really top nine because, quite honestly, I'm going to take this sucker this weekend. I, I like my chances. And, of course, as an employee – or family of an employee at Cinema Draft, I'm ineligible to win prizes. Uh, if I am first, then the person who's second gets first place money or just skips me over whatever place I land in. So just be top nine, and you'll get some money, Bethany Vellante. You know, we haven't checked out the Draft Mom in a while. Let's check out her call sheet real quick. Go off the beaten path. I'm pretty sure it's going to be loaded up a case for Christ. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, so Draft Mom, a.k.a. Claudette Jackson, me madre, she did a, an interesting job here. This isn't a this is this is a decent call sheet. So she also has besides the obligatory headliner from Fate of the Furious, she has she has Alec Baldwin from Boss Baby as a headliner. She has the headliner staff from Colossal. She only has one case for Christ. Great restraint, mom. Great restraint. Mom's very much a church going woman that showed outstanding restraint in not going all in on the case for Christ. Because it's cost her before. She's, she's been here before. Two years ago, when we were testing out on the spreadsheet, she went all in on on a, on on whatever the faith-based film was you know, that weekend, and she's basically overcommitted. So great job, Mom. Love seeing you learn from your mistakes. But she did get a, she did get the headliner stack from the shack. She's really good in on this Easter thing. She didn't, she's all in on Easter. And then also she has – she has uh, two actors from Spark, A Space Tale. So this is actually this 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 call sheet diversifies the risk. This is this is a pretty interesting call sheet. I think it's got top ten potential, Mom. I I really do. Uh, it 
really does hinge on. Oh, and she has and she has a headline from Going in Style. A little bit dubious about how that's going to perform, but like I said, those type of movies have legs. Legs is in like it's not going to get you like you know I don't know like like another twelve million this weekend, but it'll probably get you like eight. Might get you seven or eight because you know older people f- discover movies a little bit later at the box office. They don't rush. They don't bum rush the box office like you know kids and diehard movie enthusiasts do. You know they they take their time. They get around to when they they get to it when they get to it. So so this this one might have some legs. It you know if you get eight points out of it in in um for eight eighty eight hundred, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not terrible value. So it's a decent call sheet. You know mom draft mom. You know it's it's got it's got possibly some, some top 10 potential. So good luck with that call sheet, Mom. And let's do one more uh, off the beaten path. Uh, Hebrew Hammer, welcome back. He uh, he of our of our group chat side bets, and once again, got to get with the group chats. It's going down. Go to, our, go to our Cinema Draft page. Go to the notes section. Where's the notes section? There you go. And you will see the link to join our group chat. It is worth it. We talk endless nonsense in there we talk strategies we you know play side bets it's it's a lot of fun you should definitely check it out uh so he has let's see so okay headliner stack of the boss baby aggressive i like it he's got one two he's got a four pack of colossal with jason sudeikis as the cheaper of the two headliners i like it he's got uh, Octavia Spencer is a headliner from the shack. Uh, word on the street is that she plays God, the ultimate headliner. <laughs> and he has a headliner stack from your name. This is a very solid call sheet. I, I think it's got excellent prospects, at least top seven. Um, I, I'm only – actually, well, Boss Baby actually is a really good look. I don't know. I, I think uh, – as and as I was texting Jay Devlin earlier tonight, this game is definitely going to be decided this week in the platform category. So if your name pops off, if you can get out of your head, if you can get like you know ten or twelve you know points as headliners from your name, you're 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 probably in top you know five top three territory. It's it's gonna all hinge right here on your name. The shack, I mean, it probably was was a well, it looks like it was definitely a, re- a release type play. You're kind of running out of money. Um, you wanted to get you know a, a limited release, and this was definitely within your budget. So so you know no shade there, but um, it's very this really does hinge on performance of your name so but i like it it's a good call sheet definitely you know top seven potential maybe top five depending on how your name does i'll be keeping a close eye on that as well and my god i've just been talking about blue streaks so i think it might be time for me to leave i, I thanks everyone for participating i see i see all y'all's call sheets out there um one other strategy i want to show really real quick in case it actually does end up in as call sheet of the week and a reminder to you all we are we are now resetting the bonus to $25 beat my sheet um and this one well actually no actually this is the same strategy I had earlier actually I had a different strategy I believe it was in where it was because I definitely went in I went all in on colossal it was mostly a a it was mostly a salary play but the more I study colossal's numbers the more I think this sucker has potential so this one one two three no okay so there you go so I found I found my strategy early on I think I I think my strategy kind of formulated around the key grip and I was more, a little more experimental around the gaffer this one was it the gaffer yeah here it is so this one I don't know I don't know so Faye the Furious headliner I had 
I had Jay Devlin's strategy of the gifted headliner stack. I had a headliner stack from Colossal. I and then I had a headliner from Your Name, a headliner stack from Zookeeper's Wife, and a headliner stack from Spark, a Space Tail. I had a perfectly, I had a perfect headliner call sheet. I don't know. I mean, it's it's got some risks. I mean, Zookeeper's Wife isn't bad. It's not a, a world beater in its category. I probably could have, you know, done myself, you know, better by swapping out one of the Zookeeper head, Zookeeper's Wife headliners with Get Out. I mean, they cost about the same. The projection pretty much is about the same. Do they have the projection for it, Zookeeper's Wife? They they don't even have the projection for it up there. Okay, that's not good. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I do think it's a wide open weekend. Um, I think a lot of strategies will kind of come into place. Um, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there doesn't seem to be a, one clear cut strategy. And I like weekends like this. There's one obligatory one. Everyone takes, takes, you know, their Dwayne Johnson or Vin Diesel, and and then they figure out the rest. But because there are nine slots to fill, and it's definitely going to be decided, you know, in 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 the platform release, which one's going to you know get you more bounce for the ounce. Anything can happen. So I really do appreciate you guys playing, spreading the word. Uh, Momo, where are you at? I know you listened to these. You should have played this week. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Hashtag peer pressure. Thanks for coming. Uh, and Nimi, uh, uh, to my two lovely co-hosts who were faceless on the on the video part of the podcast, but definitely shared their voice. One of our most our most popular podcasts ever. Thank you for watching and listening. I appreciate it. And spread the word. Download it um, and and uh, subscribe at iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Follow us on all of our social media: Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all that good stuff. Our corporate blog is at Medium, Medium.com/slash/at/CinemaDraft. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell your friends to sign up for the beta. It is free. We are giving out stone cold cash via PayPal every weekend. And uh, and continue to log in. Get your updates this weekend. Check our social media for updates and everything. And my God, y'all, everybody, I'm trying to tell y'all. I am trying to tell you. This weekend especially, I know which one you need to see, but do yourself a favor. Go see a movie or something.